1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive, so I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Give five people a high five, and then you may be seated. Amen. I think this is about the third time we have wrapped up the series, The Truth About Money. And uh, today's message is how God makes a man rich. If you have a Bible, let's start off in James chapter 1. So today we wrap up again the series, The Truth About Money. And uh, we, we have to do this before we get to next Sunday, Palm Sunday, which is our Holy Week revival, Confession Brings Possession. I'm coming to the conclusion that James 1.22 is the most important verse in the Bible, that is, for the believer. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving or deluding yourselves. The NIV says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Tell your neighbor, do what the word says. Our message today is how God makes a man rich And it all begins with Isaiah 55, Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And here it is, verse 10, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower, Everybody say, seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth that will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Now, you can ignore the word and you cannot take action on the word. But that doesn't mean the word isn't working for someone somewhere. It is. The word works for everyone and anyone who works the word. Number one, if you're taking notes, God makes a man rich by blessing his labor. Number one, God makes a man rich by blessing his labor. Deuteronomy 8.18, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability 
to produce wealth. King James says the power to get wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. He gives you the power to produce wealth. Sorry, Bernie Sanders. The Bible does not say he gives you the power to mooch wealth. He gives you the power to produce wealth. And the only place the moochers can get any wealth is from the producers, which means in 2021, you got to produce double because you got a bunch of welfare recipients and illegal border crossers counting on you. Amen. Tell your neighbor, work harder. You got a bunch of welfare folks to support. Amen. Psalm 1-1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law. He meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Say it out loud. Whatever he does prospers. King James says, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But what if a guy doesn't do anything? Or what if a guy does the minimum required? Deuteronomy 15, 10, give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. God will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to. But what if a guy doesn't do any work? Or what if a guy doesn't put his hand to anything? Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 8, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands, I give you today the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. So the word says the Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. But what if a guy doesn't have any barns? What if a guy doesn't have any storehouses? A lot of Christians I've met over my 47 years preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ aren't rich because they don't have any labor for God to bless and they don't have any barns for God to fill and they don't have any storehouses for God to bless. Number two. God makes a man rich by giving him seed to sow. Number two, and this is it. God makes a man rich by giving him seed to sow. Notice that what we saw in Isaiah 55 is also in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians 9. These verses from Isaiah 55 and 2 Corinthians 9 are the key to everything. They are literally how God makes a man rich. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, remember this, whoever sows sparingly, will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way 
so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Now, here at Faith Christian Center, that's what we want to happen to you. Tell your neighbor, that's what pastor wants to happen to you. You may not have anything now, but if you'll give your life to God, if you'll promise to honor God with your wealth, the blessing of the Lord will come upon you. And then if you will continue to honor the Lord with your wealth, as your blessing factor goes up and up and up, there will literally be no end of the blessing in your life and the new levels you can achieve. Shout it out loud. There's no end to it. Shout it out loud. If I'll honor God with my wealth, there is no end to the levels I can achieve. Now, if your heart cries out, Father God, I want to be a blessing to your work. I want to be a tither. I want to be a giver. God will hear you, and God will give you a seed to sow. And this sentence is the heart of the message. I got it from a John Osteen message from 27 years ago. You're not going to get anything that will change your life off television or reruns or these gay movies. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's the word of God that'll give you a better life on this side. Here it is. He didn't say he'd make you a millionaire. He said he'd give you seed to sow. Tell your neighbor, God didn't say he'd make you a millionaire. He said he'd give you seed to sow. And what I just said is the key to everything. It is literally how God makes a man rich. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. Seed to the sower, not seed to the hoarder. Seed to the sower, not seed to the hoarder. This is normal Christianity, but if you don't start, if you don't take action, you will be stuck right where you are all the days of your life. God makes a man rich by giving him seed to sow. Say it out loud. God makes a man rich by giving him seed to sow. But most Christians don't know this, or they can't see this, or they don't believe this. So they eat their seed corn. They consume their seed corn. They spend their seed corn. Number three, God makes a man rich by blessing the seed he sows in tithes and offerings. Number three, God makes a man rich by blessing the seed he sows in tithes and offerings. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 11 again. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now somebody might say, I can't do that. I can't afford it. That's fear talking. God loves a cheerful giver, and in 2 Corinthians 9, it tells me that if I'll obey God, and I'll believe God, and I'll do what God says, I'm going to have everything I need at all times, and I'm not ever going to have a lack, and I'm going to be all right. 
And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Number four. God makes a man rich by blessing the seed he sows in savings. Number four, God makes a man rich by blessing the seed he sows in savings. Now, on this point, you need to go back and watch the message from the series, from this series, Don't Waste Your Life, which we did on September 13, 2020. Don't waste your life. In Matthew 25, the master gave one man five talents, and the master gave another man two talents, and the master gave another man one talent, and we know from the passage that Jesus was talking about money. And the man with five talents went at once. He went at once. He went at once and put the money to work and gained five more. And the man with two talents went at once. He went at once and he put the money to work and he gained two more. But the man with one talent went and hid his talent, and he didn't gain any more, and then he blamed the master. Hear me. The man with one talent did not go at once. He did not put the money to work. He did not gain more, and then he turned around and blamed the master for his failure to multiply the talent. And he was chastised for it and thrown into outer darkness. Matthew 25, 14, again, it, the kingdom of heaven, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them, to the one he gave five talents of money. We're not talking about your ability to sing or play a piano. He gave him five talents of money to another two talents and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Church, whose money was it? The gold is the Lord's, the silver is the Lord's, the cattle on a thousand hills is the Lord. Ownership is an illusion. We are not owners. We are stewards. When we came into this world as little itty bitty babies, our hands were empty. And if the Lord tarries and we die and we pass from this life, we are going to go out of this life with our hands empty. Ownership is an illusion. We are stewards, and the earth is the Lord's, and the gold is the Lord's, and the silver is the Lord's, and the cattle on a thousand hills, they are the Lord's. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with him. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, 
He said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now notice they both got the same reward. Because they went at once. And they put to work what had been put into their hand. And they doubled it. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, you know about white privilege and you know about systemic racism and blah, 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 blah. Is that what he said? It's exactly what he said. Excuses, excuses, excuses. It's God's fault. I can't be a doer of the Word of God. And it's not going to fly. It's not going to fly. I say it's not going to fly. You cannot blame God for your disobedience. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. Criticism, criticism, criticism. So I was afraid and went and out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. He hid his master's money. How did that work out for Achan? His master replied, you wicked, lazy, servant. Imagine somebody in the United States Congress or somebody in the United Senate, United States Senate, uttering those words and saying people don't have enough because they're wicked and they're lazy. They would be tarred and feathered and taken out and set on fire. These words fell from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ. You wicked, lazy servant, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather, where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Tell your neighbor, God wants your money to grow. Tell the neighbor on the other side, God expects you to grow your money. This is exactly and precisely what T.L. Osborne told me was so different about us, the Lingerfelts, sitting in his living room one day in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He said every church, and he, he named the names. I'm not going to name the names. He said the strategy was to gather up every nickel, every service. And he said, you don't do that. He said, you don't know how unusual you are because you teach the people of God to save money from the book of Proverbs. But let me tell you what, it's right here also in the New Testament. It's right here in Matthew 25. God expects us to save money and God expects us to multiply money. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. Oh, my God, if Bernie Sanders were here, he'd have a cerebral hemorrhage right here. 
Because what they want to do is they want to take four talents from the ten talent guy and give the four talents from the ten talent guy to the one talent guy so he can buy more heroin. So he can go get four other women pregnant so they can go get their babies aborted at Planned Parenthood, which is also paid for by your four talents out of ten. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, if you think this parable is about employers and workers... You're not paying attention. I've had some people who work for me I wanted to send into outer darkness where there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth, but of course an employer can't do that. So there is application here for employers and employees, but that's not what Jesus was teaching in this parable. There are spiritual implications for how a man handles his money. And this is why Lester Summerall taught us that night in our living room, two houses back, that a man's got to be right with his money. If a man's not right with his money, that man's not going to be right. So God expects you to multiply your money. Now notice, this point I'm on right now is not tithes and offerings. This point I'm on right now is savings. You go to the book of Proverbs, has a lot to say about savings. We go to the law of Moses, and he says that a righteous man, Solomon also said, a righteous man leaves an inheritance, not just for his children, but for his children's children. How can you leave an inheritance for your children and your children's children if you don't save anything and if you don't grow what you save? Did you know that God actually has promised to bless you in your storehouses? Deuteronomy 28.8, the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land in which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Shout it out loud five times. The Lord commands the blessing. And did you know that God has actually promised to supply and increase your store of seed? This is God, Isaiah 55, 2 Corinthians 9. He gives seed to the sower. He does not give seed to the scaredy cat. He gives seed to the sower. He does not give seed to the hoarder. And we sow our seed in tithes, we sow our seed in offerings, but we sow our seed in savings. 2 Corinthians 9.10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. But what if you don't have any storehouses? If you don't have any storehouses, how can God command the blessing on your storehouses? So what are storehouses? Savings accounts, brokerage accounts, retirement accounts. Look at these words which actually fell from the lips of Jesus 
In the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, 29, for everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This was one of John Osteen's favorite passages to preach on from preach on about prosperity. Of course, he would use the King James Version. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath. If you'll get this, you'll be on your way. If folks would only get a hold of this, what a difference it would make. Now, I know from experience, I've proved it out again and again is true. Now, last Sunday... We didn't have time to reread it today, but last Sunday we shared with you a great testimony, and it was about a couple, and they started working on paying their house off. And it was slow at first. They only were able to make two extra payments a year, but as they took action, and these are tithers, these are folks who give in the challenge offering. But as they began to do all that, plus take action on paying that house off, he opened up his own business. And by and by, then in Easter of 2018, they made a big commitment in that challenge offering. And then by and by, a great big job comes along with a great big commission. And then they had a choice to make. Do they nearly pay off their house? Or do they wipe out their challenge offering commitment? And they put God's house first. They wiped out that challenge offering commitment. And then God kept blessing them. And it was only a matter of months. And their house was still paid off. See, God blessed them as they tithed and gave offerings above and beyond the tithe. Then they took action and started prepaying their mortgage. It was slow at first, only two extra payments a year. Now, last time I used this illustration, we had a, a dinner candle, which was very narrow at the top, but this is the candle we have on site this morning, so it's the one I got to use. But when you pay a mortgage, initially, you're paying almost entirely interest, and you're not hardly paying any principal. And whether it's a 30-year mortgage or a 20-year mortgage or a 15-year mortgage, it takes a long time to get down to where the bulk of your payment is principal and not interest. This is why Baron Rothschild called compound interest the eighth wonder of the world. So the first time we ever paid off anything big was the first building up at I-30. We borrowed $825,000 in 1987. It was a 15-year note, and we got it paid off in nine years. Second big thing we paid off two houses ago, we had a 30-year mortgage, and we paid that 30-year mortgage off in nine years. Our last house, we had a 15-year mortgage. We paid that 15-year mortgage off in seven years. Here at Faith Christian Center, it's a bigger hill, and then some of the years were meltdown years. Some of those years, I'm telling you, it was a challenge just to obey God and set aside something in savings every seven days. See, you got to get your needs met before you can start knocking down principal on your mortgage. Are you hearing me? So 2006, 
2004 actually, 2004 to 2006, we borrowed $12 million, and that was on a 20-year note. Praise God, praise God, pay, praise God, we got that paid off last year. Can somebody give me a shout of victory, amen? Hallelujah. Well, see, while this is barely making any progress at all from the top, and you're paying, all, you're paying the man all that interest money, well, what you got to do is you got to turn this sucker over, and you got to start also praying from the other side. You got to burn the candle from both ends, because when you prepay, all of every dollar you prepay is principal. Every nickel of it goes against the debt. Are you getting it? And you got to pay attention. Here a while back, Sue was telling me about some dresses that she likes, the designer. And, uh, of course, because of 2020, they didn't move everything. They're liquidating stuff. I said, whatever. You know, get whatever you want, you know, especially if it's on sale. And uh, so she, she bought some things, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. And we get to the end of the month, I wasn't paying attention. And there was still a $2,400 balance on a credit card. I wasn't paying attention. And then... I log in the next time, and now there's $40 of interest. And I'm just horrified. I'm thinking, oh, $40 of interest. I did the math. You know what it is? 18%. That's what they get. That's what they, that's what they get. See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not get ahead of myself, but the system is designed to get you in debt and keep you in debt all the days of your life so that you will owe the man and never live a free day in your life. Are you hearing me this morning? But then after they took action, this couple from this testimony last Sunday, after they took action and started prepaying their house, God sent them a job where they made enough money to nearly pay off their house or knock out their challenge offer commitment. They had a wealth transfer. Luke 6:38. Jesus said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the measure, for with the same measure that you meet with all that shall be measured to you again, shall men give into your bosom. God will send you business. God will send you commissions. God will send you wealth transfers. You know what this is? This is gifts. You know what else this is? Exceptional commissions. You know what else this is? Inheritances. You know what else this is? Wealth transfer. Young man came to me up at I-30. Somebody had died, left him some money. He said, Pastor, I want to know what I ought to do with this money. I said, how much is it? He said, $20,000. I said, I know exactly what to do with it. He said, what should I do with it? He said, I, I, I'm thinking about buying a car. I said, it's not enough money. I said, take that $20,000, and I said, go open a brokerage account and put it in something. I said, and then pretend you never saw it. He went and bought a used Trans Am, and of course, within a few years, his $20,000 went to zero. That inheritance for that young man was not his harvest. That was God giving that young man seed to sow, but he didn't know it. He couldn't see it. He didn't have the, the life experience. He didn't have the knowledge of the Word of God. He didn't have the faith to see it. God will send seed to sow, but if you spend it, 
if you consume it, if you eat it, you will never get any benefit from it. Now don't go out looking for gifts, exceptional commissions, inheritances, or wealth transfers because you will be perceived by other people to be a pest. Don't go out looking for it or you'll be perceived to be a moocher. You look to God. You look to the Lord your God. Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall God cause men to give into your bosom? Pastor Jeremiah Thomas from Rochester, New York says, this is how people behaved at the Bible school that he and Julia attended. He said everybody was always dropping faith hints on how other people could bless them. That's not faith, that's being a pest. That's not faith, that's being a moocher. This young couple from the testimony last week started prepaying their mortgage. God blessed them by giving them a great big profit on one particular job. But then they had to decide what to do. They could nearly pay off their house or they could completely pay off their old challenge offering commitment. Now right here, you ought to make a note to yourself to go back and watch the first principle First Principle of Prosperity from Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday 2018 from the book of Haggai. Bottom line is that young couple put God first. They put God's work first. They put God's mission first. They put God's house first. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He said in verse 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So they put God first. They put God first and they paid off their challenge offering commitment and then, then God blessed them even more and they still paid off their house. Now I know I've told this story a thousand times. But in 1989, I was at 5 a.m. prayer, and I thought I was praying, but I wasn't praying, I was complaining. And I told the Lord I was tired of not ever having any money. And he said, son, you never have any money because you never save any money. If you hear something in prayer that you cannot back up from the written word of God, forget about it. But that's right out of the book of Proverbs. Son, you don't ever have any money because you never save any money. He told me, he said, save something every seven days, both at home and in the ministry, even if it's just $5. And I'm here to tell you, in some of Obama's meltdown years, some weeks it was $5. George W. Bush's and Obama's meltdown years. And he told me, he said, to, to spend more to consume more than you earn to consume more than you take in is a sin get this and in 1989 he told me 1989 he said that makes your government the biggest sinner of them all forget about it forget about it 23.6 percent of all the u.s dollars that have ever been created from the beginning from george washington until today were created last year 
It is unsustainable, and you heard it at this house of worship. The government's not going to protect you. You have got to protect yourself. These are the days to get it all paid off. These are the days to live debt free. These are the days we tried it, and we tried it, and we tried it our way. Now let's go God's way and see what God will do. Some weeks it was $5. It's all we can do. Set it aside. But I began obeying God. I began taking action on what God told me. I heard God, and it lined up with the written word of God. God makes a man rich by blessing the seed he sows into savings. Say it out loud. God makes a man rich by blessing the seed he sows into savings. Before 1989, I hadn't give, given God any savings to bless. But even with all the many, many, many mistakes I have made since 1989 in investing, God has blessed my savings, and I've made over $5 million in investments. Don't get too excited. Since 1989, since that day in prayer, with all, I've made more mistakes in investing than all the other mistakes I've made combined. And yet God has multiplied the money I set aside and sowed into savings, and I have made over $5 million in investments. Don't get excited. Now this week... The Lord brought something to my attention, and he wants it said. He reminded me about something, and I had to go looking for it. I had to look in three places to find it. But there are people here, forget about ignoring me, there are people here, and you ignore Austin Lingerfeld. And you ignore prophets of God, not to the prophet's demise, but to your demise. In September of 1997, Austin came to me and he told me about something that was happening. And he said, Dad, you ought to take everything you have and put in that. I didn't. Then in March of 2009, he came to me. Now that one I can still see. I can still see standing in the kitchen with Austin and Sue and Austin telling me about this new company and what they were doing. I didn't understand any of it. I'm old. I, I didn't understand any of it. He said, Dad, you ought to take everything you got and put in that. Now listen to me. If I had listened to him, September of 1997 and put half of what I had in what he said in September of 1997 and then if I had waited with the other half until March of 2009 and put the other half in what he said to invest in in March of 2009 forget about building phase one and paying cash Sue and I would have the ability to build 15 phase twos 15 phase twos cash and go out and buy a brand new Gulf Stream. I'm here to tell you, God is speaking to us all the time and we don't hear him. 
God wants to make a man rich so that that man can do good works all the time, be a blessing to the kingdom of God all the time, be a blessing to his family all the time, and still leave an inheritance for his children and his children's children. September of 1985, we didn't have anything. We had pioneered the church. We were still meeting in a hotel. We didn't have anything personally. We didn't have anything corporately. September of 1985, though, I'm on the other side of the world, pioneering churches. And I wrote him a postcard. September 28, 1985. Dear Austin, I've been missing you very much. I'm very sorry to have to be away from you. But I pray for you and mommy and Christina every day. I am here in Africa working for Jesus, helping him to start two new churches. One of those churches evolved into a monster mega church, one of the biggest churches in Zimbabwe, and then they went out and pioneered other churches. You're too little to understand, but God spoke to me yesterday. And told me that one day you too would walk this continent preaching the gospel of Christ. A prophet is what he said. Amen. A prophet. Hallelujah. I love you more than life, Daddy. You, 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 you just don't know how God loves you. You're his sons and his daughters. He loves you. He doesn't like seeing his children scratching and clawing. He doesn't like seeing his children being bossed around by the likes of Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and Tony Fauci and Burks and all of that immoral, ungodly, headed-to-hell crowd. Money will not save you, but money gives you options. You don't have to send your children down to the drag queen to be lectured at the public indoctrination center. You don't have to have a vaccination card to travel. In other words, money will not save you, but money gives you options. Are you hearing me, church? I said, are you hearing me, church? Now listen to these words because they could be the most important words you will hear in your entire life. That Rhema Christos correction by the Holy Spirit in 1989 and me hearing him and heeding him and taking action on what he said to me that day in prayer has made me well off. I, I don't consider myself wealthy. I, everything is so expensive. I consider myself upper middle class. I mean, with all the blessing of the Lord, and all the times I've missed it on investments. I I'm blessed. But God wants to do more than that. Now God wants to make this congregation and God wants to make Faith Christian Center an example to the church across the land. And if you will hear me and heed me and take action on what I'm saying, these words from the Holy Spirit will also make you wealthy over time. Not by tomorrow, not by next week, not by next month, over time. Second Chronicles 20, 20, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. 
When you don't tithe and when you don't save money, you don't give God something to bless. Say it out loud. When I don't tithe, when I don't save money, I don't give God anything to bless. Now, because most times a house is an appreciating asset, when you prepay a house, that is a kind of savings. You need to prepay credit card debt, and you need to pay off credit card debt, but paying off credit card debt is not saving money. You need to prepay automobile debt, and you need to pay off automobile debt, but paying off automobile debt is not saving money. But because under normal circumstances, a house is an appreciating asset, when you prepay a house, that is a kind of savings. The word mortgage comes from the Latin mortis or morte, which means death, and the Latin gauge, which means pledge or grip. Hence, a mortgage literally means a death pledge, a death grip, a pledge to the death. But your wonderful, beautiful Heavenly Father wants you to be free. I said, your wonderful, beautiful, heavenly Father wants you to be free. Amen. Number five, there is something God cannot and will not do, and that is make a rebellious child or a stingy child rich. There is something God cannot and will not do, and that is make a rebellious child or a stingy child rich. I, I avoid the word stingy, but John Osteen used it all the time. And I'm at the point where I just think that some people, they don't have a fear problem, they got a stingy problem. And this explains why there are so many unsaved rich people and so few saved rich people. Listen to what I'm saying. This explains why there are so many unsaved rich people and so few saved rich people because there's something God cannot and will not do and that is make a rebellious child or a stingy child rich. If the unsaved man is rebellious, that doesn't have anything to do with God. That's not God's child. If a, if a, if a sinner is stingy, that doesn't have anything to do with God. That's not God's child. But God is not going to bless his children being rebellious or stingy. Isaiah 119, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. And like we've always said here at Faith Christian Center, if God wants us to eat the best of the land, he surely wants us to live in the best of the land. And if God wants us to eat the best of the land, he surely wants us to wear the best of the land. And if God wants us to eat the best of the land, he surely wants us to drive the best of the land. And you can't remember the resistance. I had an employee turn against me one day. I can still see we're, we're on a putting green in Salado, Texas. And he worked for me and he said, what kind of clubs are those? And I said, they're the best. Man, that was it. He was offended. He began working against me. You understand all this is subjective because what I can swing works for me. It may not work for the next guy. I had a guy gave me a set of clubs once, and he was so offended because I traded him. I couldn't hit a tree with that. In other words, it, it, it was some fancy whatever, but for me, it wasn't the best. Do you understand what I'm saying? The best is subjective. But your father 
wants you to have the best. Amen. Now, for some of y'all, that might be a, a Rolls Royce. For somebody, somebody else, it could be a pick-em-up. God wants you to have what you want, so long as what you want is not outside the lanes of a righteous lifestyle from the Word of God. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I mean, oh my gosh, how many times have I heard it? I brought a friend, but he didn't like the way your pastor dresses. Nothing I can do about it. You know, with everything so hinky now, Austin was saying, you know, it's going to be really hard for you to travel because, you know, God spoiled you. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I just can't, you know, I, I just can't go there. I just can't do it. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't because I have attuned my spirit man to Isaiah 119. If ye be willing and obedient, and you just can't be willing, you got to be obedient. You just can't be obedient, you got to be willing. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. And if it's the will of God that you eat the good of the land, it's the will of God that you drive the good of the land. If it's the will of God that you eat the good of the land, it's the will of God that you wear the good of the land. We got to get our minds right. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you're not a chicken. Stop scratching and clawing. Tell, tell the neighbor on the other side, you're not a pig. You don't just eat whatever's set in front of you. Amen. Anybody ever slop hogs? I got my hand up. Let me see your hand. Now, don't be ashamed and embarrassed. I mean, I know you look middle class, but how many here have ever slopped hogs? I got my hand up. Three people. Man, we need to get us some hogs and get you out there and show you how to slop hogs. It doesn't matter what you put in front of You could put in front of them the hog that died the day before, and they'll eat it. I can't make this stuff up. 2000, our first graduating class of St. Paul's, we took on a trip to Kenya for the dedication of the, the dome that we put the roof on in Mombasa, Kenya. And we warn those people and warn those people and warn those people, don't eat food off the street. Don't eat food from street vendors. And we warned them about this and that and the other. And I mean, everything we warned them about, they went and did. There was a man there, we're on our way out of the country, we stopped in Nairobi on our way out of the country, and we're going to Austin's favorite place there called the Carnivore, and you can get Wildebeest, and you can get, uh, what is it, Zebra, Gazelle, all of it, yeah, and so, you know, not me, <laughs> just give me a cheeseburger, I'm okay. Or they're actually fish and chips, there's what I eat. And so, you know, so, I mean, man, this guy's been projectile vomiting. This guy, man, he's so sick, man. I mean, man, he's just sick. And I told him, and Sue told him, and Vicky told him, brother, maybe you ought to slow down a little bit. No, by God, I paid for this meal, and I'm going to eat it. So he filled his gut with zebra and wildebeest and gazelle, and then we got on a 747 for London.
I'll bet the cleaning crew at Heathrow still has nightmares. God, my God, my God wants to lift you up. Shout it out loud five times, Lord, I'm willing. Living Bible says, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. Of course, not by Tuesday, not by April, not by 2021, 2022, but over time. I want you to be fully persuaded that God is a good God. Third John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. I'm here to tell you that poverty is a curse and poverty is not of God and poverty is not the blessing. Now, what did we learn today? Number one, God makes a man rich by blessing his labor. Number two, we learn God makes a man rich by giving him seed to sow. Number three, we learn God makes a man rich by blessing the seed he sows in tithes and offerings. Number four, we learn that God makes a man rich by blessing the seed he sows in savings. Number five, we learn there is something God cannot and will not do, and that is make a rebellious child or a stingy child rich. But what do all these points require? And this right here explains why not everybody in the Metroplex is at Faith Christian Center this morning. What do all five points require? What does it require? What does the message require? Action. Take action. Take action. Take action. If you do nothing where you are, you will stay where you are. I said, if you do nothing where you are, you will stay where you are. But I came down to give you good news. Almighty God sent me down to this house on the 21st day in the month of March in the year of our Lord, 2021, to tell you, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, God says to you today, then I will make you rich. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.